Welcome to another episode of Humans of SDU. Today we are joined by Marta, a Portuguese PhD student who also writes fiction for children and adults. Your hosts this week are Sophie and Franca. Hope you enjoy the episode. Hello Marta, it's really nice to have you here. Um, can you tell us a bit about yourself and how uh, you are connected to SDU? Hi, and uh, thank you for having me. Um, I am uh, connected to SDU because I'm currently doing my PhD at SDU. And uh, before my PhD, I also did my master's in SDU. So that's my connection. Nice. That's great. And what's your field? So I'm doing my PhD in political science, uh, in the Department of Political Science, but it's really more about urban studies. Um, so I'm a little bit doing something a little different than my colleagues. Mm. Yeah, and what, do you, what was your master's about? My master's was in uh, welfare studies, comparative okay. public policy and welfare studies. So also within the Department of Political Science. Okay, that sounds pretty interesting. Yeah. <laughs> it is, and uh, you mentioned something that you have an interesting uh, side hustle. What is that? <laughs> what do you do in your free time? <laughs> Yeah, I've, uh, I've always been very much into the arts, but um, as uh, mostly I write books, I write novels uh, since a very early age. So I guess that's, that's not really a, something I do in my free time. It's also kind of a, a real thing. And then mm -hmm. there's free time after that as well. Yeah, yeah. And what kind of books are you writing? So I... I've recently I've been writing uh, stories for children, mm -hmm. but I haven't published those. Um, but uh, but the ones that I've published, they were one is a romance, and then another one is a fantasy book, and then the last one is a psychological thriller. Ooh, okay, I like that. <laughs> and what language are you publishing? So I'm uh, publishing in Portuguese because I'm from Portugal. Okay, okay nice. That's great. And how did you sort of not find out you were good at writing, but how did you get into writing novels? I think it just started so early. It was something that I always liked to do. So the first book that I wrote, I must have been like 11 or 12. Oh, wow. <laughs> and um, yeah, and uh, the one that I wrote when I was 12, it was it is kind of a mix between a novel and a play mm. because I was so lazy that when it came to doing dialogue, I would just put the name and then like <laughs> write the dialogue in, in front of it. So eventually, because it was like this kind of semi thing between a play and a novel, the book was adapted into a play in the school. Oh, so, okay. <laughs> what was it about? Oh, I, I, I mean, it was almost 20 years ago. So, I, <laughs> so basically it was when I was young, it was about my life, right? Yeah, I would yeah. give myself a different name, but it was about my love problems with my 12-year-old boyfriend at the time. Of course, <laughs> the like struggle that. is real. <laughs> <laughs> great. So yeah, and when did you write your first uh, published book? I was fourteen, but it only got published uh, after I left high school. So I was okay. seventeen. Mm. Yeah. Yes, but and it takes does, a long time. Yeah. yeah. Sorry. How does it uh, How does it work getting your work 
published? Like, is it difficult to find someone to publish your book or is it something you can do sort of on your own? Oh, it's extremely hard, I feel. Um, so as I said, I, I wrote it when I was 14 and from the age of 14 until I was 17, I was literally opening books that I had at home, looking for the email of the publishing house and sending emails. And most of the, of the publishing houses didn't even reply to me. Mm. Um, and, uh, and whenever they replied for two years, it was to say, uh, that they like keep going and, uh, you're very young, maybe one day. And then yeah. I was very lucky because, uh, I found this publishing house that was just being inaugurated. So they needed new novels and that's basically, it was a way for me to get it published. Okay. That's pretty cool. That yeah, they are giving young writers um, a chance. A chance. Yeah, that's really, really nice. And it's also nice that you didn't give up. Like three years. Wow, that's perseverance. Wow, it's great. And, um, and why Denmark? How did you end up in Denmark? If I may ask. Yeah, it was. Uh, it's kind of a. It was a bit of a random decision, to be honest. So when I finished my bachelor's, I knew that I wanted to do it abroad. And, um, and of course, the no tuition thing was a big incentive. Um, and then I was looking into the countries in Scandinavia because of that. And uh, it felt like Denmark was the warmest. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, that's a big plus for Denmark, but yeah. it's fun to categorize it as a warm country. <laughs> but yeah, yeah. I mean, in comparison, it's yeah, warm. yeah, exactly. Yeah, <laughs> sure. yeah. What are some of the differences between uh, uni life in Portugal and and Denmark? Oh, I feel like it's so different. Um, so I would say that one of the things that was the hardest for me to get into is how in Denmark I had to read for each of the classes. Mm-hmm. So. I mean, in Portugal, theoretically, you should do yeah. that. But what everyone does is you have the literature and you go to classes, but really you study for your exams when it comes like winter and then summer. And then it's intensive, intensive yeah. study. Yeah. Mm-hmm. But but during the semester, people don't really, like in general, you don't yeah. organize your study like that. So you have a wonderful spring and fall, and then mm-hmm. you die in winter yeah. and <laughs> summer. And, uh, and so the, my first semester in Denmark, I didn't do it either. I was just having fun. Um, and then I realized that I was like, in comparison to all of my Danish uh, like classmates, I was really not well prepared for my first exams. Mm. Yeah. Yes. So that's yes. one of the differences, yeah. I think. I think it's the same for me as well. And I mean, I don't know how uni life is in Croatia, but it's very stressful around the exams. And here it's a, it is stressful as well, but it's a bit like more relaxed because you're preparing for it the whole semester, I feel like. Yeah. And uh, coming back to your books, um, can you describe uh, your favorite one you've ever written, your plot, and published or not published? Yeah. Yeah. Well, I would say that I feel so cringy about the first two books that are published <laughs> because they were. Yeah. I, every time that they come up, 
I, I'm just like so embarrassed that they mm-hmm. are out there in public <laughs> for people to purchase. <laughs> but uh, the last one I actually really like. And um, so the last one I wrote when I was maybe 21 years old. Um, and um, and it, it, it was published in a, this publishing house that is big. And it was my dream since ever to be published with them. So it was a great, great achievement for me. Um, and it's a psychological thriller. And uh, basically there is this guy that dies and you basically have to understand who it is. And uh, you have a very small number of characters and I always write in the first person. Mm. So each of the chapters is written by one of those persons and you kind of are in their heads trying to figure out which of them killed him. But they are all so troubled. Mm-hmm. Um, and you have to, and it's really more about how they grew up and what led them to be possibly in that situation than about the investigation. Mm. And I cannot tell you the ending. Oh, yeah, 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 I don't spoil it for yeah. Portuguese <laughs> readers. It is, it sounds very interesting. I love psychological thrillers. So yeah. it's, it seems super fun. But when you started writing and sort of throughout all these many years that you've been writing, did you change your style and like your style of writing? And did you have any like influences uh, on your writing style by some other authors? Yeah, definitely. I think that there are things that I do that are very me. I do feel like if, if I read my books, there are some things that are, are really specific to my writing, which is a really good sign, I feel. But, uh, but my writing has definitely matured a lot. Um, I think that one of the things that I do that is particularly me is that my books never follow a chronological order. Okay. Uh, and, and I always write in the first person and apart from the very first ones, from when I was a, a kid, yeah. the, I don't have a lot of dialogue. So most of my mm-hmm. books are more about people, the way people are interpreting the world. Mm. And usually because I write in the name of many characters, I take the same event and I describe it from different perspectives of okay. the characters, right? Um, and usually uh, another thing that I do that is uh, very similar is that the narratives don't match mm-hmm. completely. Um, I have uh, recently, I'm uh, recently reading a book which is called Absalom, Absalom by Faulkner. I don't know if you know it. I know the author, I've heard of the name, but book, no, no clue. <laughs> But I, I, uh, I'm reading it right now and I notice, okay, at a very different level for sure because he's amazing. But he does, he's the first author that I find that kind of plays this same way mm-hmm. of writing about the same events, but from completely different kind of conflicting perspectives. And in yeah, the end, yeah. as the reader, you don't really know what really happened. Yeah. So I do that. Um, but uh, I think that... In terms of changes, I definitely matured in the sense that I'm not really writing about teenagers anymore. There was mm-hmm. something that was very, very, um, like all of my my books that were published were with teenagers, but now I'm trying to write for a different age group. So Yeah, yeah. 
That's great. And you mentioned you, you wrote uh, fantasy novels as well? Yes. My second book was, uh, was the first of a trilogy, uh, but I didn't publish the, the other two. I wrote them, but I didn't publish them because uh, that book didn't do so well. So the mm -hmm. first one was su very successful. And then the third one also pretty successful, but the second one was, was not very successful in terms mm -hmm. of sales. So I didn't publish the other two. Yeah, I mean, it makes sense. Yeah. yeah. And uh, do you have any favorite authors that uh, you would recommend to our listeners? A apart from you, of course. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I'm definitely not my favorite author. I can <laughs> say that. Um, I mean, I'm. I'm. I have to say that. For me, Harry Potter is just a special place in my heart and I read it almost every winter oh, to the point good. that my mom doesn't understand anymore. And she's <laughs> like, why are you reading that again? Don't you? That's an obsession. <laughs> yes. So um, maybe. I, yes, I approve of this very yeah, much. Me too. Harry Potter, like the entire series is my favorite books by, by so, so far. It, uh, <laughs> anyway. <laughs> yeah. No, I'm a, I'm a bit obsessed. Uh, <laughs> but yeah, but apart from that, I really, really like Kurt Vonnegut. He's my favorite author. And okay, and let's let's talk about Harry Potter for a bit. Which house would you sort yourself into? I think about this a lot. <laughs> <laughs> yes. But wait, wait, wait. Did I you do. take the Did you take the Pottermore quiz? Yes. Okay, because that's what matters. Not, not, <laughs> that's the okay. official, yeah. <laughs> not what you would want to be but what you really are <laughs> okay then what I really am I think it's a, a Hufflepuff yeah um but uh, I don't know I feel like I really want to be a Gryffindor mm. but I'm not really that brave so probably <laughs> not <laughs> but I'm a huge nerd so I'm not sure I, I think that Ravenclaw would be for me but what about you I'm also a Hufflepuff and I'm very proud. And whenever, you know, people say uh, bad stuff about Hufflepuffs, I'm, I'm like, I get a bit salty. I'm not going to lie. I'm like, mm, let's. Uh, mm. I think it's because they don't get uh, that much representation in the books. No, so you have in to the make movies up, especially. Yeah, you have to make up uh, the rest. Yeah, I feel like. basically. Yeah. yeah. And even if you know, a lot of people have seen the movies, but not as many people have read the books so mm. you know even when even when you try to explain some stuff if they haven't read the books and it's quite like ah, it's, i think it's a very different experience e oh for to, sure to for read sure. the books and just watch the movies because I, I have my own criticism of the movies they're not my favorite mm -hmm. but the books yeah what about you sophie which uh, i've i've done the pottermore um quiz and I think it also told me that I'm a half buff okay but so I always felt like I'm more slithery yeah I think um I don't know I wouldn't look so good with with, with yellow <laughs> <laughs> I uh but... I went to London mm -hmm. two years ago no three years ago oh when was it no idea and of course I went <laughs> I went to King's Cross and to the I wanted to take a picture on the platform but the line was so long that I just, I couldn't wait. So I just went to the store and I bought a bunch of stuff that anything like Hufflepuff related, because then 
I also saw that I, you know, I look quite good in yellow. So yeah, I was like, okay, <laughs> yes, bingo. <laughs> yeah. Um, and are there any other books um, you you really like? Not as much maybe as Harry Potter, but... <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I, uh, yeah I think that uh, my favorite adult book uh, mm-hmm. is uh, The Sirens of Titan by Kurt mm-hmm. Vonnegut and mm-hmm. it's just it's unbelievable um, it's and I, it was my the first book by Vonnegut that I read mm-hmm. and um, and he's just so sarcastic in a way but at the same time you get to the end of the book and you're upset and then surprised and I I don't want to spoil the books but they're just so good and what what genre does it belong to and what what is it about I don't really I I I guess it will be just fiction um Mm. but uh okay this one will be probably it's sci-fi actually this one is sci-fi yeah so, but uh, what I love about Vonnegut is that you read the old book and then you get to the last chapter and you realize that you misinterpreted the old book. So okay. you get really oh. upset. <laughs> okay. And you read again. <laughs> and you can read again. So you get twice the, exper- the experience. Yes. That's pretty, that's pretty, yeah. that's pretty cool. But what, what, is the, what is the book about? So uh, it's really difficult to explain, actually, because it's just so complex. Um, but uh, basically, I, I really cannot even explain. <laughs> okay, you, you really think their interest. I, I, yeah. I want to read it now. <laughs> because it's what I say, there are two versions. And yeah, it yeah. just I cannot tell you which one, you know, like the stories are actually different in my, in my perspective. Mm, yeah. No, then uh, people can just uh, Google the summary or something yeah. like that. And, and give like, it a read, yeah. Yeah, for sure, for sure. Especially like these times when we still can go out, we can stay in and, and yes. read, read this book. So, And I mean, now the weather is getting nicer, just sitting on the grass and reading a book. Mm. I think that's, uh, that's, that's pretty really good. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, but so you said that you're, uh, you're doing your PhD now and you did your master's before. But how come you didn't decide to to go to a field that's more related to literature and uh, and writing and stuff like that? Well, I I actually ask myself these many many times, uh, which doesn't mean that I don't like what I'm doing. I absolutely love what I'm doing, but I think that it's really part of doing a PhD is to question what you're mm. doing all of the time uh, because you dedicate three years of your life to a subject and then you're always questioning am I studying the right thing Um, but uh, I I guess that uh, I was really really into writing when I finished when I was in high school Mm -hmm. Uh, I read compulsively I wrote all of the time Um, and um, and then when it came to going to choosing a, a college degree I just I wanted to keep it as much as possible as a hobby because I, I have such a passion for it. Whenever I'm sad, whenever I need to think, I actually mm. sit down and write. Yeah. And if it's my job and my only job, I fear that I might not take the same joy out yeah. of it. That, that's, that, that, I that's definitely agree. Yeah. yeah, Because I, I also write a lot in my free time. And once I wanted to apply to a newspaper, 
So it was, uh, we had an internship or something like that. And I realized that it was so, so not my type of thing to, mm. to write on command because then writing should be something you do out of joy, out of, on your own terms and not something, yeah. Once I, uh, I met a, an older gentleman and he, it turned out that he was writing children's book, especially for, for young girls. And he, well, the way he described, um, he was so sarcastic in a way that he was like, yeah, you know, we just sit down and try to figure out what these, these young girls uh, want. And they really felt like he was, um, he was judgmental. Like he was talking about, you know, these silly little girls, they, all they think about is uh, boys and kissing and something like that. And I was like, I, I remembered liking those books when I was like yeah. 12 and I'm like, you just ruined it for me. Like, <laughs> is, it, is it like boring adults sitting in the room and trying to figure out what the kids want? Yeah. Like, wow. Uh. <laughs> so it's nice to hear that, that you, you, you do it out of passion and not out of obligation or anything else. That's no, that's totally. Nice. And actually the, the publishing process it is very exciting. It mm-hmm. is like you get, it's really rewarding to know that there are so many people reading your book mm-hmm. and they don't know you. But there is an element to it that really kind of gave me, every time that I published a book, I got a writer's block mm-hmm. and a bad writer's block. Um, because the minute that your book is for sale, mm-hmm. you have to think about what people want to read. Mm-hmm. and how people are going to perceive it and it, it stops being completely an internal process mm-hmm. I don't know so it's then it's it, it's not a job because it's not where I make my money and the yeah, yeah, yeah. etc but there is a marketing element to it that uh, I'm not sure if it's uh, I mean I love it because it gives me yeah. it's wonderful to re- get an email from a reader or like saying things like saying that they like my book uh but at the same time there's like that marketing element that I'm not sure how I feel about it Mm. and how do you yeah how do you yeah I get it how do you take into account like where do you draw the line that okay I like to I like to read I like to write um stories about oranges let's say and and people want stories with apples so how do you how do you connect the two What's your creative process in a way? The thing is, I feel like after I published my last book, it was such a big achievement for me, as I I told you, because it was in such a big publishing house Mm -hmm. that um, it really became for me something that I do very seriously. Mm. So I don't approach writing the same way that I've approached it when I was writing books for my 12 year old boyfriend anymore I take it very seriously even though it's not my main job so that actually made me search for a different way to express myself in which I think that I don't know how to do this which is poetry so I write poetry in Portuguese and English and I'm not supposed to be good at it Mm. so when you're not super good at something it's much easier to not be good yeah. I don't know if you know what I mean, but when you when you made it, when you achieved like 
as statues or just uh, the fact that it got published, but then it also got adopted in schools and I would go to schools and all of that kind of built up this idea that I knew what I was doing and I was good, at least for my age, I was really Mm -hmm. good at it, right? So that made it so difficult for me to fail and that made me think about oranges and apples like you're talking about, right? Yeah. Yeah. And I cannot stop thinking about it now unless I don't publish them. And most of the books that I uh, wrote lately are just for myself. Um, and then I don't care about it. But but that's why I started writing poetry so that I could just be bad at it mm, and yeah. not feel bad about it. Yeah, that's a really good approach, yeah. yeah. And how do you decide, you said that you also write books just for your, like for yourself, how do you decide which books do you want to publish and which ones you want to keep for yourself? That's the thing though. I feel like I also, after I published the last one, I also really, the next one that I published, I want it to be really good. Mm, (laughs) And that means that I'm very picky about what I put Mm, out there. Yeah. Um, yeah, so actually for a very long time, I couldn't write uh, mm-hmm. at all because it wasn't a natural process for me to write books. I mean, I, I still wrote but books, novels. Yeah. And then I started uh, writing for children. Um, these uh, have, you, have you read The Little Prince by Antoine uh, Saint-Exupéry? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. So that's basically the kind of book that I'm writing right now, which okay. is for children and adults at the same time. It's very poetic, but uh, mm-hmm. so it's not a ch- children's story. It's more like mm-hmm. for both. Yeah. So when I when I get to write one that is the little prince level, I will put it out there. <laughs> oh, okay, yeah. <laughs> that's, wow, that's it's a high, yeah, it's a, <laughs> high standards. Yeah, yeah, high standards. Yeah. And also, like when you actually want to write a proper book, not just something that you write in your own time. How do you like come to this whole plot? Do you have an initial like idea that it could be or do you have an idea of an ending and then you like build a plot around it? How do you how do you create um, a story? Well, this is very cliche, but um, I am an extremely eccentric person. I'm very eccentric. Uh, and uh, sometimes I'm proud of it. Sometimes I'm just weird. But uh, <laughs> But uh, the way that I feel like I know my characters, I don't know. And th- that's why it's cliche, because I've heard many authors saying things like this. But for me, they are just so real. I cannot even, it's almost like I, I see them. Um, yeah. It's a kind of knowledge that I cannot even explain. So I will just say that they come to me and then they write a story for me. Like sometimes I've had this feeling um, that I wanted to write something, I wanted the story to go in a certain way and my character didn't allow me to do that. Mm. I know this sounds very schizophrenic and maybe it is a little bit <laughs> schizophrenic, but but it really is something that is almost external to me. I just get into this fantasy and I, I get these characters and once the characters are alive, they create the plot. Yeah. So it's really about like getting to know these people and then they do it for myself. If okay. that makes any sense. That's yeah, that's pretty interesting. It is. For sure. Now I feel like artists, whether they're like painters or uh, writers or dancers or whatever, there's just something so special about them that others might find weird. 
but to them it's just makes sense it makes yeah. sense and you know when their art comes out then it's just like oh yeah it does make sense the way they think at least for me <laughs> yeah that's great mm, so is there is there one book now in 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 the works for you uh yes so right now i'm writing a book that is called chronicles of a flower and it's about growing up so it's about mm -hmm. this flower and you kind of keep up the way that she's growing and it starts with her as a seed and then she's kind of growing and she realizes that in the garden where she lives she she's not blooming in the same way that the others right so she gets she, she decides to leave that garden and try goes into this journey to understand who she is and why she's not blooming mm. and in the end she discovers that she's not actually a flower she just was planted next to flowers but she's a tree um so it is about it's it's written for children and it's about like allowing yourself to be whoever you are because maybe you're not supposed to be a flower even though you're surrounded by flowers maybe you're just born to be a tree um wow that is yeah. really good yeah oh. you you make me want to learn portuguese just <laughs> to be able to read this book because it sounds awesome yeah i would have read that as a kid for sure. yeah i would have loved it when i was a kid i would read it now yeah oh <laughs> <laughs> yeah all right i think we become we came to the last question of of uh, the episode which is like we ask it from every guest we have and it's about a life hack you have if you could share something a tiny a tiny bit of wisdom with us something oh. special that you think yeah. can help everyone make it through okay a life hack i would say so i think that my life hack is uh, so i'm extremely impul impulsive like bad impulsive really um so what i do is i write messages for me and put them up on my walls so that to forbid me to do something very stupid mm -hmm. so like and sometimes it's kind of crazy when you get into my room because i have like messages to myself yeah. saying don't don't do that i know you're going to think that it's a good idea at 4 a.m yeah don't do it <laughs> that's, so, yeah. that's pretty good actually yeah and do you keep them on your wall for like ever e or did you just take them down uh, after some time yes so usually i take them Uh, like out when I have guests <laughs> and I don't want them to see it so then they are not there anymore but sometimes it's stupid things like wait three days until you decide on this major life decision that yeah. you want to say yes to right now yeah that's actually that's pretty good yeah that's pretty good especially so, yeah. for 4 a.m you mentioned because I feel like um I also make some uh, questionable decisions at 4 a.m yeah and, Especially, 4 a.m. Yeah. and a couple of drinks. Ah, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> oh, yeah. No, definitely. Then it's bad. Ah, <laughs> uh, okay. Well, thank you so much for yeah for coming on. Yeah, yes. it was really great. We really enjoyed it. So. Thank you. Me too. Thank you so much for having me. It was great to meet you too. Thank you for listening to another episode of Humans of SDU, brought to you by Merit Media. Make sure to check out our other episodes on our social media or on our brand new website. See you next week.